and welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter. Alongside me, as always, is John Paulson. And John, what a what an honor this week! I have an opportunity to do not one but two podcasts as we recorded uh, the Wednesday, the Wednesday edition of TMAP. So appreciate you uh, joining me again today. Uh, thanks for filling in on Wednesday for John Daigle, and uh, looking forward to talking some football. I got the morning sun here coming in on this side. I guess it is. I don't know. It's on my right arm. Unusual podcast setup at my house, but uh, and I'm, I'm going to see the Who tonight, so I'm excited about that. So it's an okay. update for update for uh, for all the listeners out there. Uh, John, you are a major major music fan. Have you seen the Who before? I have not seen the Who before. We had tickets to see them in Irvine uh, mid aughts, and for some reason I sold them. I don't remember why, but we couldn't go, or I decided to do something else or whatever, but I sold the tickets and kind of excited to see them. They're, they're playing about 15 minutes from my house. So very convenient taking max. He loves eminence front. I think that's a great track. I love it as well, but uh, there's a, there's a number of bangers uh, for the who. So looking forward to it. Nice. All right. Well, let's dive into the podcast today. As usual, we'll go over John's Thursday night takeaways. We'll get into this week's biggest fantasy storyline, starting off with Jamar Chase and that injury. Kind of wrap things up with an injury roundup. Then we'll get get into our sleeper sneaky start of the week, uh, and then uh, get into some breakout receiver mo- receivers that might be popping in in uh, Sam and John's model. But we do start off with the Thursday night matchup, and last night, John, it wound up being really the. I don't want to say the backups, but you know Isaiah likely goes off because Mark Andrews he he starts the game, he's active. You found that out about an hour and a half before, so everybody that's got a Mark Andrews is breathing a sigh of relief. But then he goes out of the game after only catching three passes for I think it was thirty three yards. Isaiah likely is the one that goes off. Gus Edwards also concedes some of you know his time to Kenyon Drake. And then you've got, uh, you know, Baltimore really winning a game that that they fell behind. And sometimes game script doesn't doesn't really apply to them when it when it when they get when they get behind because they like to run the ball. Uh, I know those are some of your takeaways. So what what's your what's your advice for fantasy managers moving forward that have Mark Andrews and Gus Edwards and some of these Ravens players that got hurt? Yeah, it was a little tough uh, tough day yesterday for my FFPC team. We had. Uh... Jamar Chase is our first round pick. Mark Andrews is our second round pick. Uh, we did pick up Isaiah Likely last uh, at waivers this week. So just in case we needed to use him. So at least we have him if Mark Andrews uh, goes out uh, for a little while. Uh, he does have 10 days to get back. The, the frustrating thing, I think, is that Andrews got off to a really good start in that game and was likely to have a big game, um, especially with the Ravens falling behind and uh, the Bucks uh, secondary getting a little looser as the game went on. I just can't believe that they won. Like the, the Ravens losing Mark Andrews, losing uh, Rashad Bateman, who had one target, Usag, um, still managed to pull out the victory. And, you know, it was pretty much in control by the fourth quarter and turned uh, the Bucks into, you know, trying to play catch up. Uh, props to the Baltimore defense. The, the Bucks offense still looks like it's having some issues, even though they did uh, score score the first touchdown. Tom Brady's yardage was up to 325 and a touchdown, but it doesn't look like the Bucks uh, offense that we've been used to the last few years. So I guess in the short term, Isaiah likely, you know, is a 
possible streamer. We'll see if Andrews is able to get back uh, for week nine. Uh, but six, six, six for sixty or six for seventy-seven and a touchdown on seven targets. He's pretty good. He had fifty-nine for nine, twelve, and twelve touchdowns as a senior at Coastal Carolina. Uh, Gus Edwards did leave the game with a ham hamstring injury. Not shocking after coming back from the ACL. Uh, so I think Kenyon Drake takes over as the lead back with Justice Hill uh, backing him up in the short term. We'll see. You, you know, I think J.K. Dobbins is on IR, so we got might be three weeks here, depending how bad this hamstring injury. Doesn't sound like it's too bad, but Gus Edwards needs some time to let his body rest. Uh, so those are those are my takeaways. I think from last night's game, nothing earth-shattering. Uh, you know, frustrating for for Mark Andrews owners for sure, or managers for sure. And Rashad Bateman, anybody that uh, started him has got to be really frustrated heading into uh, this week. Yeah, it was it was the night of pivots, right? It was the pivot off of Mark Andrews go, going with Isaiah Likely. The pivot off of Gus Edwards would be Kenyon Drake. The pivot off of Rashad Bateman would be Devin Duvernay. I mean, it was, it was just one of those nights from a fantasy perspective. But good win for Baltimore. And my two cents on this, John, with the way that Lamar Jackson likes to attack the middle of the field, I think Isaiah Likely, if you can get clarity on Mark Andrews' inj- injury going into – you know, a game. I think Isaiah likely is, is is for real. And Kenyon Drake had a big game a couple of weeks ago against the Giants, so it's not like he's incapable either. All right, let's get into Friday's injury, uh, the biggest fantasy injuries of note. And you had mentioned this before, Jamar Chase, just a, a really tough injury for the Bengals, a Bengals team that was coming around uh, offensively over the last two and two weeks, two nearly three weeks. They've looked pretty good. Jamar Chase, multiple touchdowns in uh, in one of those games. So he's dealing with a hip injury, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. It, it's expected to sideline him four to six weeks and makes him a prime, can- prime candidate, according to Schefter, for injured, injured reserve. So you've got a couple of different options now. You get T. Higgins, you've got uh, Tyler Boyd, but I imagine, John, that these guys are going to be on rosters already. So Jamar Chase, fantasy managers like yourself, what, what's your recommendation? Yeah, it's tough. I had to do my uh, subscriber AMA on the uh, Discord right after this, so I just scrambled to get the projections updated for uh, Chase being out, and then uh, hopped on um, Discord uh, AMA, and it was kind of processing my feelings on the subject as it went on. It's just so demoralizing uh, to have, and we don't even know about this injury until you know Thursday, uh, you know, heading into the week. Uh, didn't seem like he was injured in the game, came out okay, nothing really about it until now. So the question is, you know, there, I've seen some reports that he's seeing specialists. They, I saw something saying that he, they think that he will heal faster because he's built different. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens here. It's week eight. Uh, they have week nine against Carolina. Then they have a buy. So the buy is coming at a good time for, Jamar Chase managers and for the Bengals and for Jamar Chase. Because conceivably, if he does heal fast and it's a three-week issue, he might be back week 11. So it's not maybe as despondent. Uh, if you can make it through and do okay, keep keep yourself alive over the next few weeks, you can maybe get him back for week 11, Pittsburgh, week 12, Tennessee, week 13, Kansas, uh, Kansas City, week 14, Cleveland, week 15, Tampa. These are a lot of good favorable matchups where if if Chase is healthy, he can uh, do very well. Uh, as for the Bengals, it's a downgrade 
a slight downgrade for Joe Burrow, but you're still starting him. I mean, the quarterback landscape right now is there's the haves and the haves not have nots, and he's definitely still a have. Uh, he's got T Higgins and T Higgins and um, Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst, and I think the the biggest bump in playing time will go to Mike Thomas. Uh, Mike Thomas, I was looking at him uh, yesterday. He has yet to gain more than 132 yards uh, in a season, and he's 28 years old. So we'll this is his big chance. Uh, we'll see how he does, but he's been the uh, number four receiver there this season, uh, and we'll see if he's able to capitalize at all. But I certainly think that T. Higgins is now just a locked-in wide receiver one. Uh, Tyler Boyd is, I have him ranked as a wide receiver two, like 15 or 16 right now in half PPR this week, which is way higher than usual. He's usually a, you know in the 40s uh, you know, as a third receiver there. And then uh, Hayden Hurst is now, I think, locked in as a tight end one, whereas before you know, you were looking at him as like a high end tight end two, low end tight end one. I think now he, you know, I think I got him at eight this week. Um, definitely those guys get bumps. You might see Joe Mixon with a few more catches as well, but there's, there's plenty of weapons here for, for uh, Joe Burrow. Um, I haven't really downgraded him too much based on this. All right, John, moving forward, we have, we have a trade to react to. Kadarius Tony. Two well, the last two weeks we've had trades to react to, but Kadarius Tony goes from the New York Giants to the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting deal. So Kadarius Tony, former first-round pick of the Giants out of Florida, and he just fell out of favor with the new regime in New York. So he now moves to Kansas City, where better fit, certainly, for a wide receiver. However, you do have – you know, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, you've got McCall Hardman who caught a couple of touchdowns last week or scored a couple of touchdowns last week. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So you've got you've got multiple receivers there. He joins a, a pretty crowded depth chart. But from uh, an upside standpoint, a, a much better passing game. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't I don't feel like this is a huge upgrade for him fantasy wise. You're, you're, you're like if he were healthy and playing for the Giants, the sky's the limit for the number of targets that he could potentially earn, given the, given the nature of that Giants uh, receiving core right now, how banged up they are. Wandale Robinson is is now enjoying that sort of role, like increased role. Darius Slayton is getting six or seven targets. Like if Kadarius Tony were healthy, I don't know what's going on with his hamstring. There's been debate about whether or not he's healthy. I think on Twitter he said that he is not injured. So we'll see what happens and how the Chiefs decide to treat him. But heading to Kansas City, in theory, yes, much better quarterback, but you know, much bigger passing pie, uh, all that. But you have Travis Kelsey, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, MBS, Nicole Hardman, who's been tough to uh, usurp for uh, Sky Moore, who's a talented guy, who's kind of, I wouldn't say he's the same or a similar player as as Tony, but kind of, you know, you could see them if you squint hard enough that they're both, you know, diminutive uh, quick type players, but uh, Tony's game. I mean, Sky Moore is a really good route runner. Has not been able to get on the field. Uh, Kadarius Tony is more he's not the greatest route runner in the world right now, but has that ability, open field ability to make people miss, break tackles, kind of a Debo light type of a role possibly. But I see him right now as the number four in that depth chart at best. You know, maybe he can work his way into and eat into Michael Hardman's snaps. But MVS does something completely different. He runs clear out routes and deep routes, and and uh, Juju's coming on as the top slot receiver there, and is doing well the last couple of weeks. So I, I don't like I don't I wouldn't run out and get Tony. I wouldn't mind adding him if I had a spot on my bench. But it's not like I'm 
thinking that he's going to be a, a league winner or anything with this move to Kansas City is just not great. And I think in, in uh, with the Giants, it just solidifies Wandale Robinson as the probably the best fantasy asset there other than Saquon Barkley. Yeah, go figure, right? I mean, you you, you never really thought that it was going to be Wandell Robinson, but you're you're absolutely right. He's he's really taken over as that as the Giants wide receiver one. Moving on to some running backs, Ezekiel Elliott is expected to miss Week Eight with a sprained MCL. This opens up a great opportunity for Tony Pollard managers to play him. Have the utmost confidence that um, he'll be the featured back in Dallas. Despite Dak Prescott returning last week, John, they they stuck with the run. So where do you have Pollard ranked right now in your rankings? I got him at eight. Uh, like I somehow missed this Elliot news, uh, the sprained MCL, the day that it happened. So the next morning, I was looking and found it. I was like, "Oh my!" Like this is again. This is uh, one of our running backs on our FFPC team, trying to just get through the next month or so. But uh, it was a really nice matchup against the Bears. So if you take him out of the equation, which he was at practice, like working with the trainers, but it's very unlikely that he's going to be able to play effectively with a sprained MCL. When you have a sprained MCL, you really have a partially torn MCL. So um, he needs time to heal. Maybe he plays through it, but if he does, he's not going to be great, and they probably are going to lean on Pollard anyway. So I think Pollard's a really good start for anybody. I mean, this is what you've been waiting for if you drafted Tony Pollard. I mean, you're hoping for Elliott to miss a game or two or whatever, and uh, you get Pollard in a RB1 role in a tasty matchup like this one against the Bears, um, I think he's a must-start this week. All right, Debo Samuel did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. Adam Hutchinson uh, Hutchinson expects him to miss. Juwan Jennings did not also did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. So we did, you and I talked a little bit about Ray-Ray McLeod on Wednesday, but for those that did not catch that that podcast, John, what are your thoughts on, Ray, on starting Ray-Ray McLeod this week with those two injuries? Yeah, I mean, if Jennings is also out, um, certainly McLeod moves up into that number three role in that uh, passing game, as far as we can tell. I mean, you've got, I mean, obviously you've got Christian McCaffrey there now too, so that gobbles up some passing, uh, uh, some targets. But I uh, just wanted to say it's really nice having Adam Hutchinson, our injury expert on staff. He does a great job uh, laying out the injuries for the week and uh, he's always been available to me in Slack when I have questions regarding the rankings and who might play and who won't play. And he he doesn't think Debo is going to play. He might be shut down for a couple of weeks here. So we'll see. Um, if he's out, if Jennings is also out, uh, McLeod becomes a sneaky start. And you're probably seeing a lot of Brandon Ayuk and uh, George Kittle and McCaffrey in that passing game. But but then McLeod is, the, is that sneaky play that uh, people aren't really going to be thinking about. Let's move on to the week eight injury roundup. This is where I'll throw just a slew of injuries at John. He'll kind of break it down guy by guy. But David Njoku, you, we just talked about Adam, Adam Hutchinson, suggested he'll be out four weeks. But Njoku has not ruled himself out for Monday night football, but he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday, John. Darren Waller, limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. He's been a frustrating player for fantasy managers this season. Russell Wilson will start in London for the Broncos. Uh, Bronco country, let's ride. Ryan Tannehill limited on Thursday. It looks like the the youngster Malik Willis was getting some first team reps. They, they drafted him, I believe, in the third round, third or fourth round this this year. So they, they could be looking at a rookie that uh, does have some rushing ability, John. Michael Thomas did not practice Wednesday or Thursday for the Saints. TJ Hawkinson 
limited Thursday for the Lions. DK Metcalf did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Again, our injury expert, Adam Hutchinson, thinks he'll miss two to three weeks with a patellar tendon injury. And then finally, Mike Williams, the wide receiver for the Chargers, he's expected to miss four-plus weeks with a high ankle sprain. So we're dealing with a lot of injuries to key, key players or key positions. Yeah, and I'll run through these quick to see who would benefit. I mean, I don't think Njoku plays. I'm leaving him out of the rankings. I, if he does play, um, Adam really thinks he's going to be limited and not very good. So it would be way ahead of schedule for him to come back and play. Harrison Bryant is the pivot there. Uh, it's tough to play him not knowing if Njoku is going to be active, though, because it's a Monday night game, and that, that makes it a little difficult. But I think Bryant is a decent, sneaky start, regardless of whether or not Njoku's active, just because he might be limited, you know? Waller looks like he might be back. I'm getting ready to put him back in the rankings. Uh, you know, top 10 option whenever he's available, but he just hasn't had the year that uh, we were hoping for. I think and we were a little dubious that the Raider passing game was going to be able to support all these fantasy players um, with Devontae Adams there now. I mean, he gobbles up so many targets. Uh, Hunter Renfro has suffered. Waller's workload has suffered. And then you have Matt Collins, who's actually doing better than expected. So... Uh, he's he's still a tight end one when he's active, but you know it's just not what it was. Russell Wilson, it's great to see those high knees in the aisle on the on the plane. <laughs> are, are, it worked out for him. I mean, we make fun of him, but man, he kept himself limber on that flight, and he's ready he to play. Looks like he's going to be back. Uh, Ryan Tannehill I still have him in the rankings. He has a reputation for playing through injuries and being really tough, so we'll see if he's able to. But he's, it sounds like he's got a pretty bad ankle injury. Um, skeptical whether or not he's going to start. I did in my uh, two quarterback uh, myself. Uh, Scott Fishbowl is actually a super flex league. Picked up Ellinger to uh, give myself a third option at quarterback because I have uh, Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill quarterback. Michael Thomas. You know, I got a question yesterday in the AMA about him. What to do with him? I don't know. Like he's just he just continues to sit out, and we don't know when he's going to be back. And a foot injury is weird too. Like that's a that's a tough one. That could be any number of things. We don't have all the details on it, so it's not like saying, "Oh, he's got an ankle injury, or he's got a sprained MCL, or he's got a hamstring injury," where we have you know timelines for it. Foot could be in any number of things, and we just don't know. T.J. Hawkinson looks like he'll be back. Metcalf probably going to be out two to three weeks, as Adam mentioned, with the patellar tendon injury. Marquise Goodwin is a good pivot there if you are you know in a deeper league and don't have a lot of options at receiver. He's stepping into that role. He did a good job last week, and Geno Smith's playing well. Uh, Mike Williams likely going to be out a while. They're on bye this week. Uh, Josh Palmer is probably the pickup there. DeAndre Carter might do a little bit better, but I think Palmer's more of a direct replacement for Mike Williams, assuming that uh, Keenan Allen is back. All right, John, time for the sleeper, sneaky start of the week. Sleeper is one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy fo football platforms in the industry. Head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today. Uh, John, I managed to do that. We, we're we're going to add a little uh, style, a little flair to the sleeper, sneaky start of the week. So I, I don't say sleepy, uh, but, you know, John, as much as I'm smiling, we're having fun today. I noticed that once again, you decided to pick on my Atlanta Falcons with your sleeper sneaky start of the week. It's in yeah, I was looking really. I, I was looking through the list and I was like, oh, the the, the Falcons, thirty <laughs> second in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers, and we have DJ Moore with a breakout game last week uh, with PJ Walker looking pretty good. I mean, I, he looked pretty good last week. He threw some nice yeah. passes. Um, so maybe he's maybe turning the corner in this offense uh, a little bit. Uh, anyway, the the matchups what it is here with with the Falcons and more is 
like very likely to see nine or 10 targets. I, I, with McCaffrey gone and Robbie Anderson gone, like I, I don't know how you're not targeting him at least 10 times per game. And if you look at PJ Walker, he's got a pretty good yards per attempt yards per target when targeting more uh, historically, it's over seven, 7.1 something. So if he's getting 10 targets on average, he's going to catch about 70, 71, 72 yards. That's good. And maybe he gets a touchdown. Uh, then how else are they going to score? I guess they could run the ball a little bit. They did well last week. But DJ Moore against your Falcons is my sleeper sneaky start of the week. Nice. Uh, all right, let's get into some of John's sneaky starts now. Of course, we like to remind you, 444.com is where you're going to find John's complete sneaker, sneaky starts article. When you're looking for DFS plays or some streaming options, great. John's 444.com article is, is where you want to be. But we like to highlight a couple of guys, just give you a little appetizer uh, on the podcast. So we will give out a couple per, per position here. John, we'll start off with Daniel Jones at the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, this has a, some shootout potential, this game. I, it feels like this one could be a high-scoring one. Uh, Seattle's 26 adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, the Seattle offense probably should be able to put some points up on the Giants. So, you know, I think this could be a kind of a sh- mini shootout. Uh, I, I'm getting questions. I don't think there's a lot of believers out there in Daniel Jones. I'm st- like, why is he ranked so high? Why are you ranking him ahead of Dak Prescott? And that's a valid question. Uh, I think historically you would go with Dak, but I think, you know, they're, 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 the, the Cowboys are going pretty run heavy uh, right now. Uh, and they didn't throw the whole ball a whole lot. And I don't know if they'll have to against the, the Bears either. So back to back to Jones, he's the fantasy quarterback nine right now, 17 points per game. Uh, he's averaging 49 rushing yards per game, 0.43 rush touchdowns per game. Um, and Seattle's averaging uh, 262 and 1.4 touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks, uh, Kyler Murray just ran for 100 yards on them in week six. So uh, I think this is setting up to be a pretty good spot, uh, especially with uh, Mahomes out, uh, Justin Herbert out, uh, fantasy managers looking for some spot starts. I think Daniel Jones is a really is a really good one. Uh, let's get to Michael Carter now. Michael Carter running back for the Jets. He, of course, steps into or you should see um, – Heavy, heavy production here, or heavy, heavy usage with uh, Brees Hall out for the year with the torn ACL. Of course, they acquired James Robinson, but it might take a minute for James Robinson to get familiar with the Jets playbook. So Michael Carter does seem like a, a really good start start this weekend. Yeah, this is, uh, as I fondly call it, the finding an apartment, uh, looking for an apartment week for for James Robinson, unlikely to step into a big role here. Long term, I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, Robinson hasn't been highly efficient the last few weeks, but he looked good to start the season. So we'll see where he's at once he gets you know installed into the offense. They did go out and get him, and they, it does seem like they want to run some sort of committee uh, here with Brees Hall. Really tough uh, break for Brees Hall managers. Uh, he was trending up and looking for like like an RB one for the rest of season. Uh, as for Carter, it's not the greatest matchup. Uh, the Patriots, although they did lose to the Bears somehow at home. Uh, they're third in adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, running backs, uh, which is not the greatest matchup. But Carter, you know, you're expecting your you know sneaky starts. You're looking for somebody to step in and get some touches for you, and he will get some touches. He's, he's seen at least nine. Uh, there's 15 games where he's seen at least nine carries. He's averaged 14.5 touches for 71 total yards and 0.4 touchdowns. Uh, the, the Patriots have given up an average of 133 total yards 
4.34 yards per carry to opposing backfields. They, they haven't given up many touchdowns, but they've given up some yardage. Uh, so I think you're looking at a decent game from Carter. I've got him ranked as like a low end uh, RB two, high end RB three. You know, uh, you know, in a week where we're short, uh, he's 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 somebody that's definitely going to see double digit touches. And then we'll wrap up with the tight end position. And Harrison Bryant makes a lot of sense on Monday night with David Njoku, who we talked about in our injury round of John. He he's likely to miss. So Harrison Bryant now steps in as the number one tight end for Cleveland. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, you'd think that Njoku's going to miss and Bryant is a safe start. Uh, you know, tight ends in general are a little dicey, especially that first week. You wonder if he's going to see Njoku's usage. But Bryant's been playing a lot of snaps, you know, even with Njoku. So it just is a matter of growing his role, not creating a role for him. And he's been pretty productive. Uh, he had 65 uh, catches for 1,004 yards and a, uh, seven touchdowns as a senior at Florida Atlantic. Uh, and he won the John Mackey Award as the nation's best tight end that year. So he does have some talent. Just kind of been stuck behind Austin Hooper uh, and Joku uh, in that, on that depth chart and has his chance now to shine. And we do know that Jacoby Brissett likes to target uh, tight ends. I think we talked about this on Wednesday. He, he targets the tight ends at a very high rate. Uh, so hopefully that continues for, for uh, fantasy managers that do start Bryant uh, this week. All right, and then we'll wrap it up with the break, the breakout receiver model. This is a, a model that you and Sam Hoppin of 444.com put together. And um, when it comes to, you know, wide receivers who might who might pop this week, John, who do you like? Actually, it was me and uh, Kevin Zalukal. I'm sorry, Kevin. It's okay. If you're watching, Kevin, I, I apologize. I, got, I had it's Sam a- on the brain because we did the podcast on Wednesday. Sorry about that. Thanks, John. Kevin's brilliant and did a great job helping me with this model. Uh it uh, just want to make sure he got props for it. Absolutely. And Sam's doing a great job too. No, no disrespect to him. He joined after this model had been created. Yeah, he's doing a great job with all his charts and, and his models. As for our breakout receiver model, the a few names that are interesting that are popping that look like they're in good situations this week or better situations than maybe the previous week are Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Uh, I think Russell Wilson, uh, maybe as bad or as you know disappointing as he's been relative to his career averages he's still better than you know running brett Rippon out there so i uh, i think this in theory this is good a good spot for sutton and judy uh they've they've definitely been underperforming their usage uh darnell mooney it's a in general it's a bad matchup uh this week against the cowboys but he's got a pretty good matchup in the slot uh so i think he's got a chance there to make some big plays he runs most of his routes out of the slot and that's where the uh, the Cowboys have been a little bit vulnerable, and his his uh, role has been increasing as the uh, passing attack has been kind of cut loose a little bit there for the Bears. I mean, not we're not talking uh, Chiefs or anything, but you know we're, we've gone from 15 or 20 pass attempts to 25 or 30, so that's good. Uh, Josh Reynolds, if he's healthy, uh, he's interesting. DJ Chark remains out. Jameson Williams remains out. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, likely back. DeAndre Swift may be back, but Reynolds would be running as the wide receiver too there. Uh, he had that knee injury last week. Very disappointing day. Khalif Raymond uh, had a big day for them. And if Reynolds is out or limited, then Raymond is a very interesting sneaky start. Uh, but if Reynolds, he he played a full complement of snaps, just didn't do much with him. So I think if he's prior to that, he had been pretty productive for the, for the lions. He, I had him in my starting lineup uh, for one of my leagues uh, pretty consistently. And then Adam Thielen, 
I think he might see some TD regression regression. So everybody was talking about Thielen not being able to continue to score at the rate that he's been for like the last two seasons. And I look at that like, okay, yes, you know, maybe he's got too many touchdowns relative to his receptions, receptions and everything, but maybe he's also just really good in the red zone and is going to catch a lot of touchdowns. He has been a little bit quiet this year in terms of his touchdowns. So I think maybe he gets back to his mean or his, you know, close to his mean. And I call that regression regression. So, uh, you know, feeling uh, kind of flying under the radar right now as a low yardage uh, red zone threat who hasn't caught a lot of touchdowns yet. But maybe maybe this week he gets in. John, great stuff as always. You can follow John at his Twitter uh, handle at 444 underscore John. And that's located right there, right there at the bottom of the screen. I'm at Anthony Stalter, and of course, at 444 underscore football. And when you look at, um, you know, 444.com, make sure that if if you're checking out all of John's rankings, uh, don't forget about the Sneaky Start article. Don't forget about uh, all of our, you know, DFS articles that, that, that we write betting. We've got it all, John. Yeah, and we I want to mention that Halloween sale. Big, big price cuts. So go check it out. Uh, I think through uh, Halloween, uh, October 31st, um, you can get a, a, yeah, it ends on October 31st. You can get a big uh, discount on the remaining rest of season uh, subscriptions and uh, 75% off. So uh, go get it. Yeah, I mean, if you're if if you've been on the fence at all, I mean, make sure that, you, that now's the time. Now's the time to check it out. Maybe you've been uh, some, you know, you've been listening for a while now, and you, you like John's advice or uh, John's helped you, you know, with with some things. Great. Make sure that you check out that Halloween sale. It ends on Halloween, October thirty first, and as John mentioned, it's seventy five percent off for the subscription. So it's fantastic, fantastic value. John, have it's, yourself uh, a great weekend. It's dare I say it's spectacular. Oh man. Did you just go? You right, went dad joke. You went dad joke. It was joke. right there. I mean, you said fantastic. <laughs> you could have said spectacular. <laughs> That's John Paulson. I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next Friday on Most Active.